Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Hello. Yeah, g'day. Don't, oh, don't move away from the microphone when I say hello. My, a plate just fell over. Don't you dare ever disrespect me like that again. I will, and I'll do it very soon. <laughs> uh, hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, good. How are you? I'm all right. I've yeah, got my coffee. Just starting off with a very generic intro to a podcast. Um <laughs> Uh, but this is no ordinary podcast. No. Because it's this is two white men talking about film. We've got to stop bringing that up, man. I feel like it, it, it throws people off right away. We've already lost a bunch of new listeners from saying that, I think. That we're white. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's not go down this road. Let's just <laughs> talk about the, the films we're here to talk about. Because we're here to talk about films, not movies. Um, mm. Yeah, we're highbrow. We're highbrow. We're talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Now, uh, I said franchise. If you mm. uh, if you heard that, uh, not just movie. Because uh, what is this, AJ? Oh well, I'm glad you asked, Richard. Because uh, this is film franchise fortnights on the Cold Pop Podcast. Where every fortnight we watch, discuss, dissect, the the. Disdain, a different film franchise, um, and yeah. So we we've been doing this for over three years now. We'll every every fortnight we're like, have you watched fucking Earbud <laughs> Seven yet? <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, and this yeah, this week we're doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which I believe is is one of our last of a certain type of subgenre of franchise. Yeah, like horror, big horror franchises, um, but ones specifically that have like a very iconic murderer. Like I wouldn't mm. say the Amityville horror fits into this. It's it's the same kind of franchise, but it doesn't have like a mascot, you know? Yeah, this is this is in line with Friday the 13th and Halloween. And, and Nightmare on Elm Street. And Nightmare on Elm Street, which is probably the most different out of Nightmare, is probably is because all the other villains are these big hulking um, weirdos. Whereas, well, I'd say I'd say Hellraiser's the odd one out. Actually, no, that's I didn't even think of Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. But you, you said it, but you just didn't think of it. I didn't think of it. Okay, fine. It's it's the final of our. It's the final iconic, iconic seventies, eighties horror villain franchises. Um, and also the final of the trilogy of hulking murderers mm, with nice. Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. Nice. Is that good? I'm midway through my morning coffee, so you you will hear me perk up as we go through, <laughs> and then have to go do a poo. No comment. Um, all right. So 
The first film we're here to talk today, to about today um, mm-hmm. is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Uh, this is the first of eight films. It was directed by Toby Hooper, the late Toby to- Hooper. It's a, it is Toby. It is Toby, yeah. Because it's spelt Tobe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always say in my head, Tobe, but it is Toby. Um, what's this one about? Um, so this is about a like a road trip of young adult teenage. How old are they supposed to be? Like 20. Yeah, because one of them looks about 38. Um, <laughs> but I'll let it slide for now. It's, it's their 20s, I'd say, yeah. Right. Um, they are, Yeah, they're on a road trip through Texas, and um, they get to their place where they're staying, which is this old rundown house. And they go exploring, and eventually, one by one, they all end up at the neighbor's house where they get murdered by a giant hulking uh, killer na- that was re- affectionately referred to as Leatherface. Um, and he Why kills, is he called that? Because he, he wears a mask made of human skin or oh, like other people's faces. Dark. Oh, I don't like this. Turn it off. <laughs> um, and he kills at least two of them with a chainsaw. Um, yeah, and uh, the kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never re- there's um, just the only time we see a chainsaw pierce flesh in the entire film is when Leatherface falls over and chainsaws himself in the leg. <laughs> Um, this film actually because the main character sally hardesty Mm -hmm. uh jumps through two windows in this film which is more than there are people we see get massacred by a chainsaw (laughs) so it really should be called sally jumps out a window (laughs) the texas window jumping fiasco (laughs) fracas fracas Uh, yeah, so he kills, there's, I think there's five of them, he kills all but one of them, which is Sally, where they, it turns out the whole this whole like backwoods redneck family's in on it, and they like capture her, and they feed her blood to what just looks like a straight up dead body, but is actually their barely alive grandfather. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, she escapes, and one of them gets hit by a truck, and then she hops on a on a pickup truck and drives away as Leatherface spins around in the Texas sunset with his chainsaw. Uh, it's very scary. It's a very yeah. scary movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the ending's very intense because yeah. um, it's very like quick cuts between him mm. wildly flinging a chainsaw around with one hand and her drenched in blood screaming. Mm. Um, but let's talk, let's, oh, sorry. Um, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, high 80s. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give you a clue. This mm. is our 88th episode of the podcast. <laughs> it's our 88th franchise. Mm. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? 88. It does. Wow. I didn't even do my little, you know, doing the opposite. Yeah, it turns out it's 35. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and it's got 82% audience score. It's interesting that it's um, higher with critics because a lot of these movies... Yeah, you know, the the fans love them, but the critics. Well, hate that's them. the thing, though, is this one felt distinctly more classy than than the you others. I I'd, I'd seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre once before. I saw it at, at the house of a girl I liked because she was like, "Do you want to watch a movie?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah." Oh yeah, put on this movie because I'm not scared of it. <laughs> and I didn't really find it that scary when I first watched it. I would have been twenty or nineteen. And I, but I remember not really liking it. I remember thinking it was like a whole bunch of nothing mm. that leads nowhere. But then watching it again this time, when it gets to the point where the old, the old dead grandpa comes out and they start feeding his blood to her, I was like, 
this is fucking dark. Like, this has got yeah. some weird spirituality to it that I'm really digging. It's interesting. And like, yeah, I kind of understood it after. I feel like I, I really liked the first one. Like, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk, um, once we've gone through all the films, we'll talk a bit about how it compares to the other kind of sure. franchises we've done. But, um, it's interesting you say it's classy because what I liked about it was that it's really like grimy. Um, For sure. Yeah. What, and one of the things I actually like the most about this film is, so at the end, um, they hold Sally's, they, they're holding her down uh, with her head over a bucket and the barely alive grandpa is supposed to like split her head open with a mallet, but he's obviously too weak. And, and so it kind of just, he keeps dropping the mallet or just like, just barely bonks her on the head. But her screaming is so like non-glamorous. It's mm. not. It's not like scream queen screaming. It's someone yeah. genuinely fearing for their life. Yeah, and like you compare that, especially like when we get to the later ones, like the the twenty thirteen reboot. Um, yeah, it's very like ah help, look at my tits. Um, <laughs> you know, but whereas um, this is like genuine fear, and I think that's what really um, sold the ending for me of, of being like, yeah. oh fuck, this is intense. Yeah, and maybe that's what I meant by classy. It's not classy in what it's depicting, but it feels like they're trying to make a real film and not trying to make like a generic splatter horror. Because was this the first one that of these of the ones we've done? Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. So Halloween was Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth were nineteen eighty, and um, uh, Nightmare was uh, nineteen eighty four. I think that's yeah. when Halloween was. Because, yeah. It, oh, it, so Halloween we, was 1978, so it was still four years after this, but yeah. Yeah, it feels it feels like it's it's doing something new. I yeah, guess, well, well that's one thing. the last one that, we've watched. Yeah, take take this with a grain of salt, but this I read this a few years ago, that like um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre like completely changed the, the what we associate horror as being kind of thing. Mm. Um, back then... It was like, yeah, go out to the country, stay in the middle of nowhere with your friends. That's the safest place you can be, mm. you know. And now it's like the like the countryside is is where horror movies happen. Yeah. But yeah. before that, it was the idea of a horror movie set in the country was ridiculous, ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the the inception for this um franchise because it does say it's based on a true story um mm-hmm. but it's actually it's not it's very loosely in, uh inspired by yeah ed gein um yeah, this, yeah. the serial killer mm-hmm. um although he, he actually yeah he's not he's not a serial he can't, killer. he's not uh that's a misnomer he's not because he only killed two people yeah he didn't kill enough people to be to be classed as a serial killer i have that written down as an as an um actually and i was I watched this one with a group of friends and my buddy Steve. I watched this with Ed Gein. Oh, cool. Um, What did he think? Was he like, eh? Was it like Tommy Wiseau watching The Disaster (laughs) Yeah, he's like, the lighting was wrong in the first scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, my friend Stephen was so obsessed with it being being based on a true story and he looked it up and he was like, oh, it says on Wikipedia that it's it's like based on a true story in the sense that it's like inspired by the political climate at the, chi- at the time. And he started going on about Nixon, who was president at the time. And I was like, Stephen, what about this film mean makes it about Nixon? 
like with it, like I was expecting something a little bit more like concrete. And he was like, I don't know, just said it on Wikipedia. And we got a massive <laughs> shouting match about it. And then I looked at that. I had to like look on like a bunch of think pieces. And apparently when um, Toby Hooper said it's based on the political climate, what he meant was that because it says based on a true story and it's not really a true story, it is based, it is inspired by the political climate in that it's, you know, 1970s fake news essentially like it's <laughs> it's telling you it's true when it's not to inspire fear which is what nixon did i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess um to be fair to be 100 percent fair uh nixon was not president when this film was released oh, uh he resigned from the office uh two months before it came out Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the same thing, yeah. Yeah, and so obviously he was president while they were making it. But uh, just a little fun fact for you there, just you so I know, he- <laughs> I know all our American listeners are going to be... Yeah, Nixon Nixon got impeached, and they, they, had, they had already shot Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but had released, and then Nixon gets impeached, and, and Toby Hooper's like, damn it, God, why can't he just stay president for a bit? I need to post this movie. Post this movie. <laughs> I've, been, I've been YouTubing and podcasting for too long, dude. But apparently the actual idea for the franchise came from when Toby Hooper was standing in a hardware store or the hardware section of a store uh, during the Christmas rush. While contemplating how he could possibly get out of the crowd, he spotted the chainsaws. Mm. <laughs> and and he was like, ah, I'll make a movie about massacre this. all of them. It's like, I want to say it's based on a true story. So if I do it for real, then maybe I can get away with it. <laughs> Is it a serial killer making a movie based on a true story about their killings? That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Well, um, oh, I guess that is the plot of spoilers to Scream 3. Scream 3. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, filming sounded fucking awful for this film. <laughs> um, so here's some stories from the set. Um, a lot of blood on uh, Marilyn Burns' body, who plays Sally Hardesty, the main character, um, is hers. Um, she cut herself mm. a lot while running through um, the, the forest, the branches. I've got a regular Leonardo DiCaprio over here. <laughs> uh, speaking and she of kept it, acting. <laughs> well, there's another time uh, when, at the end, when they cut her finger to feed it to the grandfather, uh, she moved her finger so that the blade would actually cut her because apparently it wasn't looking right with the blood coming from the, end of the thing. and I would need to rewatch the film, but I th- don't think there's a cut from when, like a, a you know, like a, a mm. second shot, um, from when her finger is cut to when the granddad sucks on it, um, mm. so that's pretty gross. Whereas in Jag Unchained, when he cuts himself and then wipes the blood, there's a cut in between it, and it's fake blood wiped on Broomhilda's yeah. face, just in case anyone's wondering. So, uh, because of the low budget, about $140,000, they shot very long hours so that they wouldn't need to rent the equipment for as many days. Mm. And one, um, like, example of this uh, was, so John Dugan, who played the Billy Alive Grandpa we've, we've spoken about, after getting the old age makeup, he decided he never wanted to go through that again. Meaning that all of the scenes with him had to be filmed in the same session before he took the makeup off. So this took about 36 hours, five of which took uh, it took to put the makeup on. Um, so during a brutal summer heat wave where the average temperature was over 100 degrees, which is, um, if you're listening, uh, it's like 38 degrees celsius wow um a large portion of it spent filming the dinner scene 
with him wearing a very heavy suit and necktie, sitting in a room filled with dead animals and rotting food with no air conditioning or electric fans. Um, Apparently, um, the stench from the rotting food and people's growing body odour was so terrible that some crew members passed out or became sick from the smell and people were having to run outside to throw up and then come back and continue to shoot. Fuck yeah, dude. That's filmmaking. Right there. Edwin Neal, who played the hitchhiker, said, Filming that scene was the worst experience of my life, and I've been in Vietnam with people trying to kill me, so I guess that shows how bad it was, because he actually fought in Vietnam. Um, But, yeah, and also, uh, like, Gunnar Hansen, who plays uh, Leatherface, only had one shirt, so he had to wear it the entire time, and uh, he said people uh, wouldn't, like, stand next to him. And it's like, dude, it's because you're wearing someone's face. <laughs> it's because he smells bad. <laughs> they, we should call him Stinky Face, not Leather Face. <laughs> um, uh, still got um, some some more bad stories. It's not even the why. Well, it's probably the worst story from the set, but I've got okay. more. I put them in. I didn't put them in ascending order. Um, there was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre that actually happened <laughs> during the making of the film. Uh, well, I'll just wait. No, no, that didn't happen. Um, no. So uh, at the end, I mentioned we'd leave the face chainsaws himself by accident. The only time we see a chainsaw pierce flesh in the film. Um, it's actually, they had like a metal plate over his leg with some like meat on top of it. So like, you know, mm-hmm. chainsaws that. But then of course, if you chainsaw metal, it heats up a lot. So mm. it like, you know, instantly heated up to very hot. And so his scream there is real. Oh God. Because it burned the shit out of his leg. Because of all the shitty... Um, experiences during filming the iconic ending of Leatherface like I said like held, holding his chainsaw in one hand and violently flinging it around um, that came because he wanted to scare the director for the way he was treating the cast during filming um, so it wasn't supposed to be that but he just wanted to be like the director to be like what the fuck is he doing what the fuck what the yeah, fuck it's, it's great it's such a good ending I was talking to my, my friend Lucas who we watched it with and he was like when when we were watching it um, and he starts flailing around everyone in the room was like giggling and like making fun of him but I was like this is amazing yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah I agree like it's, it's such yeah. a ghostly kind of chilling um, chaotic place to end the film yeah it's a very there. chaotic ending so uh, John Larroquette does the um, appears. Well, it doesn't appear, but his voice appears. He does the um, the narration at the start. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he would return to do a couple more, but he um, he was paid one marijuana cigarette <laughs> to do that. Who's John Larroquette? What else has he been in? Uh, Is it just someone I'll know if I look up? He's what? Yeah, he's one of those people that like John Larroquette. He is from. Oh, he's from Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's in famously Chuck. from Chuck. <laughs> in Boston Legal, I think. Oh, he's in Beethoven's Fifth as well. I think that's where we know him from. <laughs> ah, better be where I know him from. He's the mayor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because he returned to do the VO for the intro for the remake. And mm. um, it's like, even though he'd become a distinguished actor in that time, he happily returned to do it. And it's like, distinguished actor. All right, what's he, what was he up to that year? Ah, he he did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the same year he did Beethoven's Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, sorry, I'm, I'm making that Beethoven's Fifth money. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you do it for a marijuana cigarette? Would I do it? Yeah. Um, No, I'd probably do it for free, though. But how I don't do smoke... It? marijuana um how <laughs> how would i how would yeah. i do it do you want me to just read the text <laughs> it's uh, how i would do it yeah 
Oh, we don't even find <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. Um, all right. Um, okay, so this is a weird um, thing from. It's not I'm dumb IMDb trivia, but it, not not quite. But I'm I'm interested to see what you make of it. So mm-hmm. it says surprisingly, this film is one of the least bloody horror films of all time. Uh, this is mm. because Toby Hooper intended to make the movie for a PG rating, keeping violence moderate, language mild, and having most of the horror implied off-screen rather than shown in great detail on-screen. However, this plan actually backfired and made the film even more horrifying because despite cutting and repeated submissions, the ratings board insisted on an X rating and it wasn't until the film received the R rating when Hooper gave up and released it. Would you say it's one of the least bloody horror films of all time? Because one of the characters is covered in blood for the third act of the film. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it is It is pretty bloody, but I also understand the it's like the Jaws, the Jaws revelation. Of- I don't know that yet. Oh, okay. Well, they had, <laughs> but maybe they I'll had, find out soon. They had the shark in Jaws, so yeah, that it's not not as scary. Well, so because it looked shit and it made it more scary. So I think that is part of this is that it is yeah. Kind the, of, the, the the what you're creating in your head is scarier. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Fuck! I imagined some X-rated shit up and up here. <laughs> so they gave it that rating. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, for some dumb IMDb trivia, this is just the what I said about the um the the like 36 hour day of shooting with the rotting food and stuff um that's in the indb trivia like three times and <laughs> one of them just starts with the line and then came the worst part of all with the climactic dinner scene <laughs> <laughs> and then it was the worst part that happened <laughs> all right so uh unless you have anything else to say about the first film um we can move along well what did you think of did you like this one uh yeah i did um i it's one that uh, yeah it's 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 really interesting watching these films like watching franchises like this because you watch the first one and you like mentally put it as like a five in your head out of ten and then the other films come out and you're like, oh, actually, that was like an eight or a nine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like I, you, you start this film assuming it's the neutral benchmark. Well, I do anyway. And then the, the other films, you know, really kind of shape that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like looking back on it as the two weeks have gone by, I look, I look back on it and think, oh, yeah, yeah, it was actually pretty, pretty cool. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 came out 12 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as we get through it, we'll, as we, as we get through this franchise, we'll um, start to see it like pioneering a few things that we've come to expect mm-hmm. from these kind of franchises. Um, although I'm pretty sure every release we uh, went to cinemas, which um, actually it's not, nah. Hellraiser's the only one that got like heaps of video, directed video ones. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1986. Uh, it was also directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, and oh, what's this one about? That. Um, so this one is set, I think it's set 14 years later. I think they said that at some point, And it's about... Yeah, so it came out 12 years later. The uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not set in 1972. It's set in 1973 or two. Sorry, it's not set in 1974 when the movie came out. It's set like one or two years earlier. Right. Um, and it's about uh, the father of the um, siblings from the first film, one of, one of which was Sally, the main character, who's the only one who survives. But she's now like institutionalized. Um, and he's, he's a police officer. And when a 
string of very similar murders start happening chainsaw related murders start happening in texas he goes on down there and teams up with like a uh spicy young uh radio <laughs> dj and called stretch together, stretch her name's stretch like casper the friendly ghost's cousin did you know that did I? no sorry i was adjusting my microphone so i thought it best not to laugh because um, you'd have to cut it out anyway um, um and then i was like you know what doesn't wasn't deserve that funny. <laughs> once i had the uh, time to think about it well that's always a good indication that's how you know something's truly not funny because <laughs> after you after you've thought about it you still don't want to laugh uh and so they kind of team up to try and find you know a, a lot more happens in this in this one than the first one there's a lot more to grab onto there's a lot it offers up a lot more plot um but it ends with uh, Stretch being stuck in like their un- the the underground lair of where the uh, Sawyers live. That's uh, yeah, Leatherface's yeah. family, right? Sawyer, um, and she eventually escapes, and the police officer turns up and starts running amok. And it ends with her having defeated all of them more or less and she does a move reminiscent to the end of the first film where she's like got the chainsaw now and she like yeah like dances around with it it ends there yeah Um, and leatherface like kind of falls in love with her and that's yeah that's true yeah yeah it's very 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 different movie to the first one yeah it it focuses a lot more on the comedy um which is uh, Toby Hooper um, made a deliberate decision to do that because he believed it, uh, that you know the first one is quite comedic, but people don't talk about it. So he went and made the second <laughs> one a lot more comedic. And it's got one of the strangest posters of a film I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's the Sawyer family of you know, Leatherface and his cannibal mates um, doing the pose from the, the group pose from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, it's a recreation of the Breakfast Club poster. And I had heard before I watched this, I and what I was telling people is I'm pretty sure that the second film is, is like a parody of the first film. Yeah. And I don't know if I'd say that now after watching yeah, it. Yeah, I, I didn't even think it film. was like particularly comedic. It's just <laughs> it's just weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um but I didn't I didn't dislike it. I actually enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah. As I said, as I said, there's a lot more to, it offers up a lot more to you than the first one does. Um, but yeah. I, I do. Th- but I, do I don't think the that's necessarily entirely a good thing, though. I would say. No, that's true. It's good for a podcast, though. Yeah. All right, moving along. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what do you reckon this has on Rotty Tees? Then I've got no idea what this would have on old ten toes. <laughs> apostrophe ten, apostrophe toes. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what would you guess? Ah, oh, it could go either way. People could either love this or hate this. I have no idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go fifty-four, uh, forty-eight. Right. Okay. So With people 40, didn't like it. Yeah, forty-four for audience as well. So it's not even like a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, the critics liked it more. Um, in fact, Dennis Hopper, star of this mm-hmm. film, uh, would call this the worst movie he's ever been in. Yeah. Years later, he would say the same thing about Super Mario Bros. <laughs> I wonder which is the worst movie, objectively. Yeah. I bet it's Super Mario Bros. Yeah. Um, so this this franchise was suggested on our Patreon. Mm. Um, and uh, the person who suggested it um, pointed out, mentioned as well, that this film was banned in New Zealand. 
Oh. Um, and it was. Well, it, it, Wikipedia explicitly says that it was banned in Australia and then mentions that illegal copies were available in New Zealand. So I assume the Australian ban yeah, also includes yeah. New Zealand. Um, but yeah, so for it was banned for 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. There was illegal VHS flying around, so there were ways to watch it. And some, some <laughs> made their way to shelves and stuff like that. Um, there was just know, a single, a yeah, single yeah, yeah. VHS <laughs> floating around New Zealand. Um, but it was uh, passed for official release in 2006. But it's crazy. Like, there's not. Like, I was. There's worse films, like, in you know, in terms of content. That I feel uh, like the first one's probably worse. Yeah, than exactly. The one in terms of content. Um. Yeah. Um. Wow. So yeah, we mentioned um Stretch, the radio yeah. host. So uh, that's played by a woman called Caroline Williams, and she said uh, she revealed in an interview that she considers the character Stretch to have appeared in two further films, only one of which is part of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. So. There's an uncredited role in um, the third film, uh, a mm-hmm. TV reporter, um, played by Caroline Williams. And apparently the director, Jeff Burr, of the next film, told her, look, I don't know how long these chainsaw films will carry on, but I want to keep your character alive. I don't want to get rid of you. You're not mentioned anywhere in the screenplay. But I want to make sure that for all that for the ages, if anybody wants to revisit Stretch, it has to be you. You will be seen in part three. The fans will know it's you. I didn't. Yeah. But am I a fan? No. Um, if you didn't, <laughs> then you're not. Um, is this Word of God canon, Richard? Yeah, it is. Um, but I think it's just worth... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I, can, I, just, I can I was stop wondering saying it. it. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I'm more <laughs> saying is that do you do you consider this true or just shitty, non-textual um, I think content? the um, third part, like her appearance in part three, is like... Um, if it's un- the character doesn't have a name, she's not credited in it. There's no reason to believe it's not her, you know. Yeah. Um. But then in Hatchet Three, 2013, Williams plays the news reporter Amanda Palmer, and says, uh, she says that B. J. McDonald, the director, uh, told me she's stretched. That's what we're doing here. I played the character of Amanda precisely as she would be. Stretch grew up. She changed her name. She married a law enforcement guy played by Zach Gilligan. Um, Galligan, and she split from him because she's a woman who is obsessed with pursuing these legends, these myths, these myths, which in her mind are not myths. And then in, she didn't have to change her name. I'm assuming her real name isn't Stretch. <laughs> uh, her be. name is uh, Vanita Brock, Vanita oh. Stretch Brock. Um, okay. So she also appeared in Sharknado Four: The Fourth Awakens as a character called Stretch. Um, but she doesn't include this in her description of Vanita Brock's other movie appearances. Um, but she did also play a doctor in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh. She sounds cool. What's she up to these days? Uh, she died. No. Nah, she didn't. Um, okay. well, <laughs> uh, oh my God, you gave me a heart attack, Richard. She um, is still alive. She's 62. And she was in Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, 22 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> was that the last thing she did? No, she did no. Sharknado 4. Yeah, she's in a um, document, an upcoming documentary film, supposed to come out this year, called In Search of Darkness, um, which explores the development and lasting impact of the horror film genre during the 1980s and features interviews with numerous horror icons, both from that decade and the modern era, along with popular horror influences, cool. like Instagram influences. <laughs> um, so that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. ex- receive an exclusive release to its um Indiegogo backers on in 2019. Excellent. Well, well, we'll be looking out for that. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, do you remember the character of Chop Top in this film? No. So there's like the skinny dude, he had like a metal plate in his head. I just like, assumed that was the hitchhiker. Uh, it's actually the Hitchhiker's brother he's playing. Ah, okay. Um, so uh, there was actually a sequel to this film planned um, starring Bill Mosley as Chop Top, um, which was going to be a short film directed by Toby Hooper's son, um, but it never happened. Um, although um, a teaser trailer did leak online in the early 2000s, so they like had filmed part of it at least. Uh, but it was going to be called All-American Massacre. Interesting. I love what, it. What do you think of that title? Um, it's a good title. I like it, and that's an interesting way to take sequel titles to um, this the the series. Um, can I talk about the like last maybe thirty minutes of this film of Texas Chainsaw Massacre two? Because as I said before, it's it take stretched, thirty minutes. Yeah, it'll take forty five minutes. Oh, Shut up, Jesus. Um, it was it, it it as I said before, it's stretched in their like underground hiding place and like they get the the um the father from the first film like sawyer the daddy sawyer back to daddy he reprises his role and he has more a more substantial role in this one where it's it's revealed that he is the best cooker of chili in his town and it's because his chili has human meat in it anyway it's her trying to escape and she's like walking around what is a very intricate underground lair, by the way, like very, <laughs> very full on. And for like, oh my God, for like the whole time, it's this old guy yelling at Sawyer and at um, Leatherface and Chop Top. And he's just got the most grating voice. And it was, so, it was such a stressful, like, final ride to watch because it's just him going no you idiot what are you doing you can't do that you're never listening to me you're always da, da, da. it's like that non-stop and i was like oh my god this is so this is scarier than the first one just because it's so like oh i just felt so horrible to be sitting through the whole time <laughs> do you know it wasn't horrible to sit through tell me leatherface the Texas chancel massacre three from 1990 mm. or was it horrible to sit through let's find out so this is directed okay. by jeff burr what's it about um it is about a couple that <laughs> are driving through texas and uh through a bad tip on on which uh shortcut they should take to get to where they, they wanted to get to they end up coming in contact with leatherface and the whole sawyer family and there's a couple of other characters that kind of turn up unceremoniously and become main characters who plays one of them i don't know vigo mortensen oh yeah 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 wait i'm thinking of the wrong one i'm thinking of what one am i thinking of no no i'm thinking of the right one yeah vigo mortensen yeah it was your i was going through these films and i was like reading the thing and i was like what one is this (laughs) <laughs> what happens to this and i had to like and so i was like what i actually cannot remember so i like went back and looked at the photo i took and i was like oh it's the vigo mortensen one and that's all i remember about it yeah it's the v so this makes this our um i think third or fourth third franchise in which vigo mortensen either appears or was going to appear now our fourth one because he was in lord of the rings and he was gonna be in well, he, he was he was in talks to play mikhail blomquist in um and the girl with the dragon tattoo American remake. And I think he was in talks to play someone in the MCU. Dr. Strange. Point, so, yeah. um, well, he was also approached to be in the Hobbit. Oh, but that's said, true. Uh, so our fifth, <laughs> but said, uh, I don't want to be in it. Cause Aragorn's not in the book. Yep. That's a very good point. Yeah. So it's, 
uh, the couple. I, the, the most interesting thing about this film is that the couple who you sort of start the film with are, have actually broken up, and they're going. They're like because she's moving across country and he's driving with her, and so they had this really interesting dynamic at the start, where it was like this kind of bitter, um, <laughs> bitter. <laughs> they just bitter. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just I've never seen a movie open on that with that kind of dynamic before and i thought it was cool and then uh yeah so vigo mortensen tells them to go down this one shortcut and they do and they end up getting running into leatherface um and eventually the guy gets uh conked out by the chainsaw as does a couple of the other people they've run into along the way except for one guy who's uh what does he do the other guy he's like he's like a truck driver and so he finds out what's going on and while the girl and the guy are being um uh taken back to the sawyer's household where for some reason there's a whole different family now i didn't quite understand Uh, i said to you earlier that uh, early in the week that the continuity in this film seems really like all over the place and you're like well it's actually quite interesting so i didn't realize you mean this film (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and Well, he's just got he's just got an extended family, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the family just gets and, bigger and bigger each film. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they kill the guy, and the girl is about to get killed, but then the truck driver attacks and frees her, and they escape together. And um, as they as they drive away uh, safely through Texas, you see Leatherface walk into shot it's like oh my god he's still alive <laughs> so nightmare on elm street uh was doing really well and mm-hmm. so new line uh bought the rights to this uh, to text chainsaw massacre in the hopes of turning it into a similar kind of you know franchise milking it dry yeah. essentially but it um this didn't do very well so that was the only film that that new line made apparently mm-hmm. um but yeah this film has a real cool teaser trailer mm-hmm. um it's like an idyllic sort of lakeside thing and you see like a sort of a silhouette of a man standing by the lake and it's got this voiceover about it's like you know, some romantic thing and then out from the water like this chainsaw like rises out of the water and flies over and he like grabs it and like turns around and slices the camera <laughs> um but in that trailer fun fact uh leatherface is played by kane hodder mm-hmm. who you might remember um was the is the considered the iconic jason he's a stuntman um so he played Jason Voorhees, but he also, um, in a like fun little scene that they made for a con, um, because you know there's the the plot hole, I guess, in the first Halloween or is it or the first or second Halloween of like Michael Myers knows how to drive, and it's like how would he have learned how to drive? Um, yeah, where Kane Hodder plays Michael Myers at a driving school um mm. learning how to drive like all in, in, in the the mask and everything um but then also in the final shot of um jason goes to hell um the freddy krueger gloved um hand that comes out of the ground and grabs jason's mask was kane hodder's hand so he's played leatherface michael myers jason and freddy very awesome yeah. that's so cool um nice so um director jeff burr was fired from production <laughs> oh my god um but no one else would take the job so he was rehired <laughs> the old james gunn approach yeah to- but um apparently at one point um new line's first choice for the director was peter jackson he's he nearly directed a hellraiser yeah the fourth one yeah yeah um and uh yeah 
it's funny watching films like this where there's one real good one actor that we know goes on to be real good yeah um, like Viggo Mortensen yeah did you think anything of his performance particularly in this film I I'm always fascinated by watching Viggo Mortensen act because yeah, he's, he's he's so such an enigma in real life he seems like he takes himself very seriously but he's also clearly got a very really good sense of humor yeah he's very soft-spoken and yeah 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 um so i like and it was cool to see him be kind of like um wild and and psychopathic in this mm. one um which i really liked yeah um he gets he gets burnt alive yeah so they kill him yeah the, um this film speaking of like you know gross shit like that it was uh received an x rating um, which and this is the final film to receive an X rating, um, before the MPAA changed it to uh, NC seventeen, but then oh. it was later trimmed down to be R rated. Um, so this is one of the classic classic uh, film franchise Fortnite's uh, midway through a big franchise films where there's not really much interesting to say. Mm. Uh, don't really remember it. What does um, it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Nineteen percent. 32 audience score. I've got a confession to make, Richard. You didn't watch it. No. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, I did. Um, I didn't hate any of these films. Yeah, that's... Um, I, yeah, I want to talk about the franchise as a whole and how it compares to other franchises yeah. as a whole. And so I wanted to just drop that there with it, with its shocking 19% audience uh, critic score and be like, okay, I, I actually kind of enjoyed this one and, and had, a, had an all right time with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like like I say, I don't particularly it didn't stick with me in any way, but I don't. Well, it's mm. just it's the same as the first one. It's the same structure. It's the same. You know, the deaths are slightly more. The deaths are slightly different, but it's essentially the same thing. Yeah. Um. So, but it was cool. I like yeah. it. Um. But it would be followed up uh, a few years later with Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. Oh um. Goodness. Also known some places as the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's a strange way to put it. Yeah. Like a, a massacre returning. Yeah. Um, so this is directed by Kim Henkel, who is a man. Um, <laughs> before you get excited that, oh, a female directed it. No, they didn't. Um, <laughs> what's this one about? So this one's set on a prom night and a bunch of teenagers who are angry at each other seemingly are driving home but somehow end up in the backwoods where <laughs> they are accosted by the sawyers including uh, one matthew mcconaughey ooh, ooh. and who's another, one of the girls renee zellweger who yeah. i didn't realize it was her until three quarters of the way through the film because renee zellweger is like the most famous actress I don't immediately recognize, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. this has happened, I think, before with her, is that she just looks so different at different points in her life that I didn't actually realize it was her. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because she's one of the person that I, like, immediately... If you ask me to, like, picture Renee Zellweger, I think of Bridget Jones, mm. where she, like, looks a little bit different from what she normally looks like. Yeah, And she's true. also got a British accent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's a good actress, that means. I've decided. That's what that means. Okay. Being in um being in Bridget Jones's diary makes you a good actress. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, it's it's essentially the same thing, but this is a lot weirder. This is a lot weirder of a movie. It goes on, it drags things on a lot longer, and it's, um, yeah. What well, I don't know. It was all right. I I I'd probably liked it as much as I liked the last. Two. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's another film um where 
no one gets massacred by a chainsaw. I kind of like that though. Is there any is there any creative choice trivia that you know about this? Why it's it's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but barely uh, the chainsaws barely come into it. Uh, I mean, because it's the sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But even in the first one, there's barely any chainsawing in it. It's cool. Know, it's it's like it, it feels like it's um. I can give like, you some what, alternate titles of um what it was original, what the first one was originally called. Okay. Um. Uh. Leather. Uh. Where, where am I? Sorry. Um. Stalking Leatherface and Head Cheese were two working titles. I don't like Head Cheese. Yeah. Fuck that. eh? <laughs> you wouldn't be famous in franchise if it was like that. No, I kind of like it. It feels like it's what the newspaper would call it to get more people reading their stories even though like that's yeah, well, i think that's the, the idea because it's it's yeah it's uh the first film is like this is a report of the texas chains what was later dubbed the texas chains of massacre yeah yeah um so one thing that i really liked about uh texas chains massacre the next generation is that it starts with the main characters so there's four main characters there's a couple and another guy and another girl um, who are I don't think they are together, um, and I think it's 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 quite heavily implied that Renee Zellweger's character is a lesbian. I think, I think that's implied. Um, yeah, she doesn't have sex with her boyfriend. That's like a big thing. Yeah, but well, no, that's is that her? Or is that the other character? I think that's different. Because no, what yeah, I was, you're right. Yeah, you're right. What yeah. I was gonna it's that that he's this is the one where the where the other guy's like you know everybody knows what you're like basically to her but anyway so the the there's there's another the couple um are in a tiff because she catches him kissing another girl and she like jumps into the car that they've borrowed from his dad and he jumps in with her and then renee zellweger and this other guy are in the back seat um but then there's a there's a scene where the guy who's just been caught kissing another girl um does like has a bunch of stuff he says that's that's along the lines of like oh if you don't have sex with a guy it's bad for his prostate he could get prostate cancer and then the three other people in the car just rip him out mercilessly for like five minutes and i was like this is great this is a great scene they're like you're only saying that so you could get laid you're such a fucking loser and they just they just shit on him for ages and it's real funny (laughs) yeah i hate the whole like that whole argument it's so stupid. What? Like, oh, this whole, like, oh, if, like, if you don't have sex with a, like, with a guy, it's actually, like, real painful and, like... Of course, you, yeah, I hate it, too. It's, it's so not stupid. true. It's stupid. But it's it's so funny to like, see, the like... Fact that there are people that actually think that your balls will go blue and, like, <laughs> swell up. The Texas Blue Ball Massacre? <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was, it was so funny to see... Because when did this movie come out? Uh, 1994. 1994. It's a pretty, um... I don't know, woke scene almost that it's it's like taking a character who's who's trying to, you know, manipulate his girlfriend to have sex with them and just no one takes him seriously. Yeah. It's so funny, man. Um so uh this is the kind of film that you think um the, it's stars who would later become, you know, quite quite big deals in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, Matthew Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Um they they actually both like sort of had their big fame, you know, star making roles two years later oh. in in 96 um with A Time to Kill and Jerry Maguire. Um and so Sony owned this film's distribution rights. Uh they were going to do a big re-release of the film uh, highlighting that it had these two actors in it. Um however they they shared an agent and they threatened a lawsuit against the studio claiming their clients were being un- 
fairly exploited. Uh, the agency also said that if Sony released the film on the back of their names that um, re-released, sorry, um, that neither actor would appear in any future Sony releases. Plans for the release were quickly abandoned. Well, I've but, got I've seen a poster for the film that says Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger on the on the top of it. Yeah, I mean, of course it does. But um, <laughs> uh, so when I asked about the film, Renee Zellweger said it was dangerous. <laughs> I don't know if any of it was legal. It was a great workout. Running from a guy with a live chainsaw is an excellent motivation. It was a lot of fun. It was my first role, really. I couldn't believe that somebody was going to trust me with that, that somebody was going to take this chance on me. I was really grateful. I have no shame about that movie. Oh, good on her. She, she's really good at it. Yeah. I thought she, um, her, both her and McConaughey were really good at it. Yeah, she also talk, uh, goes on to say, it was very low budget, We all sh- so we all shared a tiny Winnebago that the producer of the film, it belonged to him, it was his personal camper, so, you know, makeup was in the front seats and there was a table in the middle for hair and there was a tiny little curtain by the bathroom. That was where you put your pro- uh, prom dress and your flower on. It was ridiculous. How we pulled that off, I have no idea. I'm sure none of it was legal. Anything we did was a little bit dangerous, but what an experience. It was kamikaze filmmaking. Yeah, it sounds like this would have been a fun one to make, and because it's the only one that's like not really in the desert as well. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be as hot. So, yeah, um, yeah, and because like, I think because Matthew McConaughey is such an interesting actor because he's giving it his all in this film. Mm, yeah, like, exactly. It's very manic, and he's as good of- in this as he is in you know Dallas Buyers Club or True Detective. Yeah, <laughs> but because um, I think. Because, you know, you know, the whole thing of, like, Matthew McConaughey being a terrible actor for, like, years. It seems like he just got complacent. He just got lazy. Like, I mean, yeah. you look something that looks like fool's gold. He's like, he's still charismatic, but he's just not really trying. But then when you see mm. even a movie like this, he's, like, fucking giving it his all. Yeah, he's really good in it. Yeah. And he says his famous catchphrase as well. He says, all right, all right, all right, in it. Which is a thing I, like, I thought he only said that in Dazed and Confused. And it's like just a thing that it's like. No, oh, he also so says it in Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. He does. Um, yeah. So, what did we talk about? Rotten Tomatoes for this one. Uh, what did you, What would you think it has? So, if the last one had eighteen, I'm going to guess this one's maybe slightly more highly regarded. I'm going to say twenty-five. Uh, Fourteen. Four. Okay. <laughs> and eighteen with um, audiences. Um, Again, didn't hate it. Mm. It was fine. Right, well, um, we're going to do something a little bit strange for the next thing. I haven't done this before. I'm just going to just do it on the fly. Um, Because uh, the next film was The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, which is um, part of that wave of uh, horror reboots we got. Um, That was directed by Marcus Nispel. But then we also got, um, three years later, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, The Beginning. Now, these two films kind of mesh together a little bit for me. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I think we can quite easily just talk about these two together. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, so, you. so the the beginnings, the prequel too. Yeah, um, and 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 what was very reminiscent of the the two Halloween remakes mm, as well, yeah. like the, the Rob Zombie Halloween films. This feels like it's on that same energy as yeah, as where it's like um yeah a remake and then like yeah just a straight up remake and then being able to do something a bit different with it. Yeah, yeah, a, a a sequel or prequel that uh, takes its own liberties and does its own thing. Although I feel like Halloween Two is the more impressive instance. Of- yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, nothing to. What would you say is different? It's worth pointing out that's different about the remake. Um, it's a lot cleaner. It's it stars a Jessica Biel. Stars Jessica Biel. Filmed a lot cleaner. It's actually the same DOP as the original. No, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, apparently the, the other director was was hesitant to do it, and he was talking to the DRP about how it was like sacrilegious to remake. But mm. I mean, eventually, I guess he got over it. Yeah, um, it, it was sacrilegious to remake. <laughs> like, it's not a very it. good remake. Um, it's also got R. Lee Emery in it, the yeah. the guy from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, and he's the kind of connecting thread between this and the prequel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and their last name is Hewitt in this one instead of yeah. Sawyer, I think. Is it Hewitt? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's more or less the same. It's not the same script, but it's the same ideas. Bones. And it's set. It's still set in 1973, but it kind of just feels like it's set in modern day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd seen this one before. I think this was this and the, the original. I think I saw this when I was a lot younger because um, I remember the scene of him running through the, the white sheets on the clothesline. Uh, running oh, yeah. away from Leatherface, um, and I remember the shot of so they pick up a hitchhiker at the start, and in the, in the original they pick up a hitchhiker, and it's one of the Sawyers, and he freaks them out, and then jumps ship. Uh, but in this one, they pick up a hitchhiker who is like a victim who has run away from the Hewitts, and uh, when she sees that they're going back to where she'd been running away from, she pulls out a gun and shoots herself in the head. And I just remember the shot of the camera zooming back as they're all watching in horror and it zooms out the bullet hole in her head, yeah. like zooms through her head, um, which is an all right shot. Uh, I liked, I, what did I like about this film? Jessica Biel. No, yeah, Jessica Biel's good. She's great in that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's It's like, it just it's very long. I felt like I'm sure it it wasn't literally longer, but it yeah, felt it's like long, ninety right? minutes. I wanted to stop watching this one for a, a, a like a lot earlier than I felt with the, the last ones. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a remake, dude. It's a 2003 horror movie remake, yeah. of which there were plenty. Yeah, exactly. And um, what uh was the prequel about? It's it's about it's not even really the origins of the character. It's yeah. just what happens next like it's just it's just it's it's a prequel ostensibly because they need to keep bring back a character who died in yeah. the first one which is Ali Emery who plays like the dad um and shit man what is it about he just kidnaps another group of people <laughs> yeah um there's I had seen Text Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning before I watched it at a sleepover and um one image that always stuck with me and it <laughs> uh it's still i think about it all the time is um ali emery um was it ermy or emery i don't know i don't know ermy um yeah. hey, it wraps um like saran wrap glad wrap plastic mm. wrap around someone's head until they sort of pass out and then they're like everyone's like oh like let him go let him go and he like shoves a knife in his mouth and I, I remember that like so visceral, like mm. so distinctly. Um. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
that yeah like uh, just and just imagining like there's no good way for a knife to be shoved into your mouth you know like so if it goes back far enough if it doesn't enter your tongue you know or go under your, if it goes under your tongue fuck that if it goes into your tongue fuck that and then if it like scrapes the roof of your mouth like fuck that but um so the guy like you know gets stabbed in the mouth and then spits out blood and i remember him not being able to talk after that or dying but he just he's just fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a minor inconvenience to be stabbed in the mouth for him yeah. um but it was funny cuz i i watched this film I, 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 like, started watching it in the morning and then had to go to work and finished it when I got home. But I, like, when I was like, oh, okay, I need to go catch the bus, um, I was like, just that scene happened and I was like, okay, I'll turn it off. And then I was like, I scrolled to a random point in the film to pick it up again and it was literally like, all right, here, stab, <laughs> like, the exact second. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um. If this film ends with all the characters dying, I think it might be the first one that ends that way. Mm. Uh, because Presumably because the main character, in terms of canon, shouldn't be able to get away if nobody knows about the family. They should have had, They should have revealed, like made the, one of them be the hitchhiker that gets away. Yeah, I thought that was going to happen. And blows their brains out. Like a very uh, The Thing-esque. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, John Arquette does the narration again. Um, mm-hmm. This is one he said he was quite happy to return and do, even though he was busy with Beethoven's fifth. Mm-hmm. So this is the only time we, uh, to the up to this point, that we actually see in the in the 2003 one is uh, we see Leatherface's real face. Uh, there was supposed to be an unmasking scene in the third film, but it was held back to keep an R rating and was used in this film when people are, you know, more open to that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Dolph Lundgren turned down Leatherface. Oh, Biggest disappointment of his career. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so this is the first film by the studio Platinum Dunes, which is Michael Bay's production company. Um, so oh, the, yeah. the, of the wave of Michael Bay horror remakes. Um, yep. So there's also like Amityville Horror, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. All, all horror franchises. Yeah. That- <laughs> all terrifying movies in very <laughs> different ways. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I I probably liked these two the least. These these, pro- these might be the only two out of the eight that I would be like I didn't like these. Interesting. I f- I found something to enjoy in the others. Th- this is looking at like I was just browsing random Reddit threads about like horror horror and text Chainsaw Massacre, and a lot of people are like a lot of people will say this is you know awful and a front to the franchise. Um, it's not the one that gets the most flack. Um, but. A lot of people are like, yeah, these ones are actually pretty decent. Like, I like what they did with them. They are the, they're just the the vanilla horror mid two thousands remake. Yeah, exactly. Like they're exactly what you're imagining when, like everything's cleaner, shot better, not better, but shot more professional almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's like a green tint to the color grade and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's it's artificial grime, whereas the first one is real grime. Mm, the first one feels like it's shot on a DV camera. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, I've got some dumb IMDb trivia, and then I've got some uh, like fun or just weird IMDb trivia. Um, so this is actually for Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. 
So Jordana Brewster, who's in this mm. film, um, yep. who's uh, also in Fast and Furious, Mia, uh, Mia, her- yeah, she's Mia, yeah, Mia yeah. Toretto, yeah. Um, she initially got made fun of for the way she ran during filming scenes Aww. in which her character Chrissy had to run. Jordana Aww. said she's used to running on a treadmill in form. Producer Andrew Form, uh, no, no relation to the word. <laughs> to being informed. no relation to her technique for running on the treadmill <laughs> um, told her that she looked like she was running in the chariots of fire and they told her to run messy with her arms up in the air and to not go on a straight line Jordana said she ended up running faster than the camera operators could go and was like well how's that with a laugh that's exactly how it was written <laughs> um, but um, Jordana and um andrew forms negging of jordana brewster worked and they started dating on this film in secret because it would be unprofessional so they would sneak off to their uh trailers together and now they're they're married um oh, been happily married nice. for a few years but here's some dumb imdb trivia jordana's brewster's initial jordana brewster's initials are jb just <gasps> like jessica Biel, who was the female lead in the 2003 remake oh, the th- texas chainsaw fucking- massacre three years before this one that's so stupid. <laughs> there are plenty of JBs in Hollywood. Yeah. J- Jacob Brom. Jacob Lim. Bro- oh my God. They're the only JBs in Hollywood. <laughs> um, uh, also, uh, if you're wondering Josh why- Brolin? He's not in these. <laughs> Justin it Bieber. feels like he should be in one of the earlier ones, though, doesn't yeah. it? Um, also, if you're wondering, uh, like we mentioned about how it's a prequel just to keep uh, Ali Umi around. Um, mm. Apparently, they they didn't want to do a sequel, but then they kept on getting asked questions about it, and they were like, oh, maybe we should make a movie that answers all these questions, like about how he lost his teeth and all this stupid shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it is such a, it is a movie where it's like, remember the character who didn't have legs in the first film? Here's how he lost his legs. It's classic, it's classic prequel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So there were plans for a third film, but it was uh, canned. What were the Rotten Tomato scores for these two? So, yeah, thank you for asking. I keep forgetting to do this. Uh, the Tex Chainsaw Massacre remake was 37%, 58 for audiences. Uh, and the prequel was 13%, 53 for audiences. So audiences are you know, about the same on both films, but... Um, mm. Lukewarm neither- responses on both films. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Moving on to the film I've been wanting to talk about, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw 3D, 2013. This was directed by John Lucenhop. Lucenhop. Yeah. L-U-E-S-S-E-N-H-O-P. All right. So what's this one about? This one is about a woman who is, I don't know if they're trying to hide it in the beginning, but she's clearly the daughter of someone in the Sawyer family who yeah, she's was, related to the Sawyer family but she so, was taken at but she's like it was you know yeah. taken at birth and by a um yeah. couple, a couple of hillbillies but the interesting yeah. thing about this film is it's um one of the first films to do the the now common trend of um making a sequel to the original that ignores all of the other sequels yeah that's um, true so this is <laughs> this is great <laughs> so it's set in 2012 Mm-hmm. Um, which is, according to the film's timeline, is 26 years after 1973. Um, I was going to ask about that because so, she's the thing because is, Alexander yeah. Daddario plays the main character, yeah. who I don't think is old enough to be the main character. Yeah. So they, uh, they, they, they explicitly they show footage from the original and say this happened in this timeline as you know it, 
Um, and then Alex, and then Alexandra Daddario's character was born, and then, however old her character is, years later, it's now 2012. So she's about 26. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's explicitly shown in the film that the current year is 2012, and they try and hide it, but it's still explicitly shown that the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre took place. In 1973, because there's a bit where she's at a police station and she's reading about the massacre and they frame it so you just see August 19th, 19 and don't see the year. And then she turns the page and at the top of the page, very obvious is the is the numbers 1973, <laughs> but the camera's not focusing on them. So it thinks you won't notice them. Um but yeah, it's one of the like she should be. She's clearly not thirty nine. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's it's very fun. It's very strange. But um. Yeah. So the the film the film basically tells you that after the events of the first film, um, a bunch of people from from the town showed up and burnt down the Sawyer residence, killing almost everyone. Um. And including the mother of a baby, and that baby is now our main character, who finds out she's adopted when when a when her great aunt dies, and she inherits this house in Texas. Um, so her Weirdly and her boyfriend, yeah, yeah, well, um, her and her boyfriend, so. and her best friend, and her new boyfriend travel all the way over to Texas to check out this house, where they pick up a hitchhiker, um, and then. Turns out Leatherface is still hiding in this house and gets and he attacks everyone, um, kills everyone, and uh, except for Alexander Daddario, eventually. Well, actually, um, what's her, what's the other girl's name? Tanya Raymond. Yeah, she she gets kidnapped by Leatherface and then shot by a cop who gets a fright when he finds her body. Well, yeah. finds her body, finds her alive in the when they're investigating the house. Um, and then it ends with. Uh, one of the guys who was one of the original team of, of people who burnt down the house going after him, going after after Leatherface and Alexander Daddario and Leatherface team up, you know, because they she, he they're finds cousins, out that, yeah. that they're cousins and they team up to defeat the dastardly guy who they put him through like a... a like what a is that? mincemeat thing. Yeah, yeah like, like a, a mincemeater thing. Uh, and kill him and then Alexander Daddario and... Leatherface now live together in this house. In perfect harmony. And she just takes care of him. Uh, But there's the iconic line from this film where she throws Leatherface, which has chainsaw it. And what does she say? Uh, She says, what's the first Do your thing, cuz. Do your thing, cuz. Do your thing, honey. Um, And it's so good man this is oh my god God. this i loved this film man i fucking (laughs) love this film this was was the film i'd been waiting for like this is this is sacrilege to say like are you go on like like horror subreddits and stuff like that and there's a lot of apologists for like the friday the 13th remake there's a lot for um the, a lot for Halloween, the Rob Zombie one. People say, like, mm. you know, look at the design yeah. thing. I, um, I really like Halloween too. Yeah, the, the there's Rob a lot Zombie of people um, praising uh, certain elements of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but you would be hard pressed to find someone who likes Texas Chainsaw 3D. But or <laughs> or you know, it's it's sacrilege to uh, to say that it's good. But man, I had a blast with this film. eh? it's the, fun. Like this is fine. Like. 
I understand not a, a franchise not wanting to go silly, but I'm so glad this one did. And I think it was like it got halfway through, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to think this is, I'm, I'm going to, I made a conscious decision to start finding the film funny. And then I loved it. <laughs> like mm. It was when she runs out of the house screaming and then falls down the stairs and then gets up and trips over again. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's so clumsy. You've yeah. got to find it funny. Otherwise you um, enjoy it. But so this film, um, I'm sorry to go to this place, AJ, but holy shit, man, Alexander Daddario and Tanya Raymond are very attractive. Okay. It's like where oh are we going God. from here though? This is my question. How long do we talk about this for? Um like it's distracting. <laughs> yeah, okay, but you know. Um Alexander Daddario has a rule against appearing nude in films. Um but she'll only do a nude scene for TV if she's paid well apparently. Um but there's a scene in this film where she is like sort of tied up spread eagle and her shirt gets ripped open. Um, she offered to do that completely topless, um, but the filmmakers what? thought that it would be gratuitous. Um, and it says, her, and this is according to INDB, her character is shown to be braless and despite previous assertions, has been braless since she changed clothes at the police station, which is obvious in other scenes as well. Um, but it's funny because she's very well endowed um, and she, her shirt gets ripped open and she's kind of like flailing everywhere and you can very clearly see that her shirt has been taped to her breasts <laughs> the the i find that very interesting that she would say that she doesn't do nude scenes but then offer to go shirtless in texas chainsaw 3d yeah what i, what I think it was is that because like you can see like part of the fabric being stuck down kind of thing when she's like you know flailing from left to right but the i think it's probably more of like a you don't like have she wouldn't have like oh take my shirt completely off it was more that she was fine if the shirt didn't completely contain her breasts right that's what I, that's what i would imagine i mean maybe she was like yeah fucking just rip the whole shirt off and i'll do the whole <laughs> rest of the scene topless i'll do this whole movie naked <laughs> um but yeah, and Tanya Raymond, it's funny seeing her in this kind of role because I grew up with her as in Malcolm in the Middle and then in Lost and then seeing yeah. her in like this hyper-sexualized role. Yeah, yeah. As like, yeah, yeah. Like, like a childhood crush, like finally seeing it like that. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the, so I had issues with her character. And, and again, you know, we I could just be like, this is a dumb movie, so why talk about it with such... A critical eye but i don't know because this, this is this podcast, podcast is. yeah yeah um at the start that seems like they're pretty good friends and then um about you know at the end of maybe the second act of the film it's revealed that she's like um going after uh alexander daddario's boyfriend and they they end up having a having a liaison together that we don't see a lot of and alexander daddario doesn't get to ask them about it because they both get killed before they are able to because <laughs> she she kind of she doesn't catch them but they um the they start getting attacked and then they she like pulls up the van she's like get in and they get in and they're very clearly well, you know, the, the boyfriend is shirtless and, and the girl is, um, I can even remember her name. What's Tanya. <laughs> Tanya. She's, uh, she's, know, that's not their characters' names. Yeah, she's got no pants on. Um, and yeah, I was waiting for for the moment, like, in, in the thick of, like, driving away from Leatherface where Alexander Dario is just like, why aren't you wearing a shirt? 
where are your pants? But that didn't happen because they both get killed before she can talk to them again. Um, but there, there is a, in my opinion, a precursor to do your thing, cuz. And <laughs> when when Leatherface is trying to bust into the the barn that Tanya and the boyfriend have shacked themselves up in, where Tanya has a shotgun and she shoots and then she goes, welcome to Texas, bitch, or something like that. Yeah. And it's like... He's he's from te- you're the you're the new person in Texas. It's such a strange thing. To, it's such a like attempt at a fuck you line, but it doesn't quite. <laughs> it, it, it makes so little sense in terms of like who the characters are and where they are, and like she's got she doesn't represent Texas. You know, she's not the person who would be like welcome to Texas. <laughs> she's been there for a day. Um, but I also I I felt felt like the characters were so cardboard and flimsy and part of it is that she's shown to be like a supportive friend and then immediately just tries to steal her best friend's boyfriend in it but then it'll that also that cardboard character also extends to alexander daddario who's like within a day goes from fearing this terrifying being who has murdered her friends to like standing up for them and i think this is a this is a common thing i've noticed in all of the films is occasionally in a couple of them they ask you to sympathize with leatherface like the bad guys in texas chainsaw 3d are the guys that burnt down the sawyer's home and it's like i i kind of think they're better than the sawyer's yeah yeah (laughs) like like, you know like i I don't well at least i guess with leatherface you you i I guess supposed to sympathize with him a little bit that he's like just misunderstood and he's just simple and kind of is a victim of his family I guess, but at the same time, like, I'd, yeah, I'd no, I'm not saying the- that that's what it is. I'm saying that that's what they're attempting, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, very, very funny, very interesting film. Yeah. Uh, there's um, a few fun little cameos in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Richard Scott Re- Eastwood? Richard, yeah. Scott, well, yes, yeah, so Richard Real and Scott Eastwood just play characters in it. But um, uh, Gunnar Hansen. Uh, the original Leatherface uh, plays mm-hmm. Boss Sawyer, one of the one of the Sawyer family. Uh, John Dugan, um, who was the one that complained about um, being the old man makeup, reprises his role as Grandpa from the original film. No shit. Um, and also uh, Verna Carson, um, the matriarch of the family, who's the one that at the end of the Sawyer family who at the end writes a letter to um, Edith Rose Sawyer, Alexandra Daddario's character. Um, Telling her who she is. Uh, that's um, Marilyn Burns, who played Sally Hardesty in the original film. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, also, Bill Mosley um, repla- uh, replaces Drayton's, uh, replaces Jim Sido as uh, Drayton Sawyer because uh, he had passed away. Bill Mosley, of course, played Chop Top in the second film. All in the f- as incestuous casting yeah. as the characters are sexually. <laughs> um so there was a plan for when this film came out there was a plan originally for a trilogy of films uh they would have been released out of chronological order with the second film coming out first being set almost entirely in a hospital the next film would be a prequel explaining the events that led up to the hospital scenario then the third film would complete the storyline fearing it was too ambitious and risky the producers opted for a follow-up to the original instead um and get this, in January 2013, it was revealed that due to the film's financial success, Millennium Films, bega- Millennium Films began a sequel film to be called Texas Chainsaw 4. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, which was expected to begin filming later in 2019. Hold on just it, a motherfucking sorry, second. Uh, you hold on one motherfucking second. <laughs> it was expected to be- begin filming later in 2013 in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's Texas Chainsaw 4. Yeah. Presumably so you have because- the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Texas Chainsaw 4. This is the worst instance of this happening. <laughs> There's literally no Texas Chainsaw 2 or 3. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say Texas Chainsaw 3D is like... Yeah, but that's not... It's not, cool. it's not like... It's not like when, like, a film is the third of the series and it's 3D, like Spy Kids. It's not like Spy Kids 3D. Yeah. It's just called 3D because that was the gimmick of it. Yeah. It's not the third film. Oh, my God. That's... That is shocking to me that that would be the, yeah, the way I they were going to go. Um, I remember, I think I made a note of it on my phone, maybe, that the um, the end of the credits call it something else. Uh, let me. Just... I think it was Ma- Massacre 3D. I think I saw that too. It was just called Massacre 3D? No, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Well, make your mind up, dude. I've made my mind up. No animals were harmed? Yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Um and then there's a post credit scene as well, which is a little fun little scene where um, her adopted parents um, come to see her to get all her money, presumably, uh, and then Leatherface answers the door. And it's like, oh, this isn't going to end well for you too. Um, <laughs> I've got a funny feeling this ain't going to go. <laughs> so uh, finally, we're finally at the R- end of Rotten this. Tomatoes. Thank you very much. Um, what would you guess? Oh, God, like 10? 18. 41% yeah. for audiences. Um, and finally, in 2017, we had a film called Leatherface. It was directed by Julian Mori and Alexandre Bustillo. Bustillo. Mm. Um, so, what is this about? This is the gritty origin story of how Leatherface came to be Leatherface. Uh, and it's... Look, man. This, this is an interesting movie. I thought this was very interesting. I wouldn't say it was great, but it would like had some. It, it's I I liked the um the overall story. So it's about a so at the start you see a young Jedediah Sawyer who is Leatherface's real name, um being forced to use a chainsaw on a thief by the rest of the family, and he doesn't want to do it. And then we skip ahead to a uh, asylum where um you meet a bunch of new characters, um and a nurse. And you you find out that basically that they all have new names, and and so they're not called what you'd expect them to be called. Yeah. Like they get new names when they get institutionalized. Um, and there's a big hulking guy named Bud who looks exactly like Leatherface. Yeah, and then there's the calm and collected uh, Jackson, handsome Jackson, who um who kind of like who doesn't look anything like Le- Leatherface. No, and he strikes up a friendship with a nurse. And there's also another crazy dude who's not a good guy, and then his girlfriend who's who's not a good guy, who's also not a good guy. Um, anyway, there's like an outbreak, and and all the, uh, the those those yeah, four like inmates, kind of yeah. inmates. What would you call patients? Them? Patients. Those four patients escape, and they take the nurse with them, and the bad guys are basically like, you know, shotgun pushing them across country to escape and they they won't let the nurse go while jackson and bud are like and the nurse are like in it together like because jackson isn't really shown to be 
um, he, he seems quite lucid the whole film. Um, Where, and, yeah, Bud can't speak. Yeah, yeah. Much like another uh, leather-faced character we know. Yes, and it's basically them outrunning Stephen Dorff, um, who yeah. is the cop, and the second in a row True Detective star to be in uh, these films after Alexander Daddario, who is in True Detective Season 1. Well, and Matthew McConaughey. Fourth! Oh, my God! <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> fourth? Yeah, fourth. Um, No, third. Wait, yeah, third. Third. But there's probably a fourth. Matt, Matt Bomer? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, anyway, the, for a, lo- a lot of this film, I respected it because it was doing something quite different. It was it was almost irrelevant that I was watching a Texas Chainsaw canon story because yeah, it's just yeah, I like I, I quite like the idea of a like these crazy people and this hostage being like going on like a cross country it's almost like a road movie you know like yeah them trying to escape the the, the police and stuff uh and then like maybe just after halfway the two the two villains of the film are disposed with like they're killed one of them's killed by um bud and one of them is killed by Stephen dorf and i was like oh, okay kind of <laughs> feels like all, all the tension goes with those two characters um and then the nurse spots a cop car and like waves her hands and then the cop reacts badly and shoots Bud who gets killed and to to leave Jackson and the nurse the wait, only wait, wait, surviving. But I thought he was Leatherface. Yeah, well I did too, Richard. Did you actually? Um I the fact that they weren't going by their actual names was like mm, okay. Yeah, it's very obvious what they're gonna they're, do. They're gonna they're gonna pull some kind of trick here. See, it's real that Jackson's actually do the face, and he goes back home to his family, where they kind of, uh, you know, bring him back into his crazy mindset of who we know as Leatherface is after you know because presumably being rehabilitated somewhat, and he kills Stephen Dorff and then chases the nurse and kills her as well, leaving it to be that he is now you know fully transformed into the Leatherface we all know and hate. Um, and yeah, so the whole twist, the twist that that Bud isn't Leatherface, I feel like they shouldn't have done the, their names aren't what they came in with. We changed their names when they were institutionalized because that's just asking for it. You know exactly what's yeah. going to happen. He, the Bud should have been the Jedediah you've seen at the, see at the start. And then they do like an Armin Tamsarian situation from The Simpsons where jackson like dons the you know assumes the identity of jedediah because the parents haven't seen him since he was a little boy yeah or um or just call um bud jed and then turns out it's actually jackson's name and he was just calling him that yeah 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 there was an easier way to do with that signposting it so ridiculously so yeah i liked maybe the i liked a lot of this film i didn't really like the ending i didn't like where it went yeah. to uh, yeah i i was so bummed out that the nurse died yeah I, I, yeah I, same dude i was like because oh man she goes through some, some shit in this movie mm. and it was weird i got so invested in her <laughs> and like there's nothing particularly like outstanding about the film or her or anything like that but man i got so bummed out she is yeah. decapitated by a chainsaw i just wanted her to have a happy ending she was she, was just she deserved nice. it yeah she's a nice lady <laughs> are you okay yeah i'll be right what does this have on ron tomatoes i'm very Thank interested you for asking. In very, uh 30 percent 
Yeah, interesting. I feel audiences. what what is odd about this film is that where Texas Chainsaw 3D feels like uh, let's dig up this old franchise and make some you know assured money from it this one feels like a bit more of a risk and a bit more of a creative project from someone it feels like someone had an idea and then was like contacted the texas chainsaw massacre rights holders and was like can i make this film well it was kind of the opposite of that oh cool this is a um you have to make a film to get to keep the rights and um they actually took too long to make the film so they lost the rights (laughs) Um, there you go (laughs) yeah um so apparently um according to the screenwriter this takes place in the canon established uh which is just from the last film which is uh so it goes leatherface text chainsaw massacre the original one and then text chainsaw 3d is the current canon Mm. um and so this was made because they were like you know what like leatherface doesn't really have a backstory and so let's give him one um, yeah and it's it's classic ignoring it's, the fact that like that's the appeal of the character <laughs> yeah same thing happened with halloween yeah. um yeah and i get that it is kind of like not that interesting to see how someone becomes you know and I, i'd say that there was a time when gritty character backstories were, were all the rage but joker's coming out next week and that's the <laughs> that's yeah. this thing again you know so i don't know i feel like there is there is a temptation to make films like this, whereas they almost never turn out. I mean, Joker's got Won the really high line, praise, yeah. yeah. But but yeah, I don't know. I think that there's it's 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 because the same thing with with Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween remake is like once you forgive it for ruining the allure, you can and you can watch it as its own yeah. thing. Yeah, because with sure. halloween it was like this is just a different approach i don't actually have a problem with this yeah yeah um well so with that let's uh move on to talking about the franchise as a whole and how it ranks amongst uh other ones um but just fun fact uh throughout the texas chainsaw massacre franchise leatherface kills 76 people with a chainsaw um cool this is a fun little thing for you so um leatherface uh the texas chainsaw massacre friday the 13th uh nightmare on elm street and halloween all have the distinction of starting around the same time having a iconic murderer villain guy and Mm -hmm. also getting a remake in the 2000s so uh how do you rank the original films halloween friday the 13th nightmare on elm street texas chainsaw massacre i think i might actually put texas chainsaw massacre first interesting i thought it was it was creepy and dark and intelligent it's a very intelligent film which i didn't give it credit for when i first saw it like i thought it was it was dumb and pointless but that that scene where they they feed blood to a decrepit old man i was like yeah as i said before i was like this is this is i did not remember this from when i watched (laughs) it the first time um and then i'd probably go halloween just because of its craftsmanship john carpenter (laughs) Because it's a carpet. <laughs> um, then, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street. And then, obviously, Friday the 13th, which I did not like the first one when we watched it yeah. all those years uh, ago. Uh, yeah, interesting. Like, um, I think that Nightmare on Elm Street is probably the best original film. Hmm. Um, yep. And then I would probably go Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th. However, I would say that I really liked the first three of those and Friday the 13th is pretty 
Yeah. Not great. I remember um, being disappointed by the first Nightmare on Elm Street. And I also think Nightmare on Elm Street in comparison to Texas Chainsaw Massacre or even Halloween, is ki- it kind of feels juvenile. I, I think that uh, what I what I look for and what I like in these franchises is, I think uh, the original. Uh, just speaking of the original films, Nightmare on Elm Street has it, um, and it's mm. the same reason I like Texas Chainsaw 3D. It's the same reason uh, yeah. Jason Lives is the best uh, Friday the Thirteenth film. You know, it's that it's that <laughs> camp. It's not taking itself too seriously, but I guess it does need. I understand that maybe you could see that like it needs to take itself seriously originally to go like that well okay i i always prefer yeah i always prefer genuine authenticity to subverting expectations like subverting stuff is is great and i love meta stuff as fans of cold pops will probably know but if you can do something seriously i think that has more clout and and more yeah prestige to it so i don't know but I I actually I I haven't rewatched Nightmare on Elm Street since we covered it for this podcast, so maybe I need to revisit yeah. both that and Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Suggested on our Patreon. Um, <laughs> so uh, and then what about the remakes? Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, Nightmare, Friday the Thirteenth. So the, the remakes specifically. Yeah. Um, are we counting the sequels to the remakes? Uh, now let's just go just the remake. Just the original. The I would. They're all pretty much the same. I yeah, think. they are. Eh? I don't know if I have a preference. Um, maybe Nightmare on Elm Street just has the least. In my mind, it has the least far to fall. Interesting, because I would say that's easily the worst one. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember it probably well enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I actually, I am. I guess it's if, a fool's if errand. <laughs> If we were including Halloween 2 and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, the new beginning, was it the new beginning the, or the just beginning. the beginning? The beginning. Um, I would easily put Halloween first because I thought Halloween 2 was one of the best Halloween movies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. What about Hellraiser? We haven't included that in this. Yeah, I'm because it doesn't have a remake. True. Um, but we didn't even include it in the, in the first one, which of these original. Yeah, I know, because it doesn't have a remake. Okay. So I'm not I'm not counting as one of the like it feels like these four are right. like buddies whereas Hellraiser yeah. is not. Hellraiser was the the British version of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, they, these are these are four that you would put together. Yeah. Um and off the top of my head I can't think of a fifth one that you would immediately put in. Amityville no. Horror I guess would be the closest one to it. Maybe uh um Candyman. I don't know. I haven't seen any of these. Or Child's Play. I yeah, seen actually, Child's Play is probably the closest one because it's also got a remake now. Um, so yeah, uh, just what about just the franchises in general? Let's let's discuss what mm. we think of like this franchise as a whole, looking at the big picture. Because like we both said, like neither of us really hated any of these. Yeah, this is the th- this doesn't this falls the least in terms. Yeah, of it's quality. it's it's lowest. It, like. I'd almost say Halloween has the lowest lows, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, actually, yeah, no, definitely. probably Friday the Thirteenth. No way, Friday the Thirteenth got better. I found yeah, but then um, uh, Jason Goes to Hell was awful. Yeah, but then Jason X was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Like, I'm just saying. Watch which has the lowest low. I'm saying if, if you were to rank if, every single film in all of these, which franchise would be would the one at the bottom belong to? Halloween. You reckon? Yeah, that that four, five, six, or whatever it was. Yeah, those were garbage. Man. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Um, whereas, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 
I'd say the the ones with the most offer would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Nightmare on Elm Street. Like those, like Nightmare on Elm Street goes to some super interesting places, and yeah. there's you've got things like Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is like a, just a real cool movie, like unironically yeah, yeah, a yeah. cool idea for a movie. Um, so I would put Nightmare first, I think, and then Texas Chainsaw, because yeah. Nightmare Nightmare went to places that that were as good as the first one, in my opinion, whereas Texas Chainsaw just isn't that bad. Yeah, and because it didn't take itself seriously as well. Yeah, it, it didn't have the. It kind of didn't have as far to fall, but by design almost. Mm. Yeah. Um, so ranking the franchises in terms of how how many points they would score, like a purely yeah. mathematical formula, I'd go um, Nightmare, Texas, Friday, Halloween. Despite the fact that Halloween probably has one of the better films in general. Yeah. Although even Hall- yeah, maybe I'm not I'm being too harsh on Halloween because Halloween then had H2O and then also the the 2018 one which I really enjoyed. But then it had fucking the one after H2O which like ruins H. Oh my god, that's the worst one. That's the that that because <laughs> that one's offensive, right? Mm. Like Halloween four, five, six are like boring and dumb. Halloween Resurrection was offensive, man. Um, I don't know. Halloween's the one I have the most complicated feelings with. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, there, there was a thing that was uh, I saw that was like rank the the, the franchises so good, so bad it's good entries. So mm. you've got Halloween Resurrection, Jason X, Texas Chainsaw 3D, and uh, Freddy's Dead. I think I barely remember Freddy's Dead. Yeah, I'd say Jason X is the best one. Yeah, Jason X is fucking awesome. Um, Jason X is again, it's unironically a good time. Yeah, but oh, then, maybe a little bit ironically. Uh, then Halloween Resurrection is so bad. Halloween's not even so bad; it's good. Like it's so stupid. I would not put that as the so bad it's good Halloween movie. I don't know what one I would, but it's not that. Well, one. maybe Rob Zombie's first Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they. I don't think Halloween has a so bad it's good one. Yeah. The more I think about Rob Zombie's ones, I actually quite like them. I like that. But um, yeah. it's funny, like, it feels like Rob Zombie should have made a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, like he does, like, dumb hillbillies real well. And maybe mm. Laurie Strode shouldn't be one, but maybe um, yeah. Sally Hardesty could be one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Nice. Texas Chainsaw Massacre feels like the least sacred in a way. Even though the first one's probably the most self-serious. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. Um, mm. So, interesting thing. Um, the original has chainsaw as two words. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's the only one to do so. Uh, while the original theatrical release, poster, and many references to the film render its title as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one word, the official spelling is Texas Chain Space Saw Massacre. Per the film's opening credits, it's also the title with which the film is registered with the US Copyright Office. Interesting. Okay, what do you yeah, think yeah. of... Um, the the title and the it's great it's so it's so gritty and alarming it's such an alarming title it just yeah, it's, 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 it just like sounds very, so like, violent it's a very true crimey kind of title yeah well. yeah um no I, I really like the title um what do you think of the subsequent titles um i mean there's leatherface texas chainsaw massacre 3 which i hate that that making the, format. The, the title the subtitle yeah yeah um so i would have just called that leather i would have just called that texas chainsaw massacre 3 especially because what makes that one more, more Leatherface? Leather face, yeah. yeah, it's like how the, the, one of the working titles for Final Destination 3 was Cheating Death. And it's like they're all about cheating death. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have, have too too many problems with 
with the subsequent titles, I guess. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, so, like the next generation and the beginning are like just boring. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why is the next generation called the next generation as well? Yeah, there's nothing about it that is like a passing the torch kind of vibe. Yeah. Also, the 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 comes and goes a little bit. Yeah, true. The titles. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, I'd appreciate some more consistency across them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, yeah, uh, next generation is just Texas Chainsaw Massacre um not the texas chainsaw massacre well you know none of these would be as good as head cheese so yeah the head cheese the head cheese chainsaw massacre <laughs> um all right so uh we're on to our last segment well second last segment uh called continue the franchise so there's a few continuations uh one uh according to wikipedia is a film called the texas vibrator massacre which was a 2008 parody directed by rob rotten this is pornographic in, in nature um no there's a bunch of comic books, a bunch of novels, that kind of thing. Um, so, following the release of Leatherface, the producers had the rights to make five more Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Uh, however, the producer in April 2015, the producers stated that the fate of the potential films would largely depend on the financial reception and perceived fan reactions regarding the 2017 prequel. Uh, she later clarified in 2017 that they'd lost the franchise rights due to the time it took to release it. Um, For, they gave them five more. Yeah they were going to that's insane that's almost half the series <laughs> um so uh in on august 24th 2018 legendary pictures uh bought the rights to the franchise with a new film and a tv series in development on september 19th 2019 like two weeks ago it was announced that feed alvarez uh would be the feet would be producing the next film who uh is also known for doing the evil dead remake and uh, girl on the spiders girl on the spiders web um and also, uh, I noticed on IMDb there's a film called Texas Chainsaw Massacre Carnage, which is coming out next year. Um, that's a fan film, um, oh. and they're plans for a sequel. Um, but the the f- feed the feat isn't directing. The- uh, no, yeah, he's producing. Yeah, um, but he, so he that, could end up directing. That's been talked about in the same vein as the Halloween um, new sequel. So it'll be a sequel that ignores the every other film that came out after the right. first one um it's it's essentially they saw how well halloween 2018 did and was like well let's do this again yeah, yeah. um all right now have you got a continuation of the franchise you because i i hear you have a lot of continuations of the franchise <laughs> yeah i just thought it would, i'd do a silly one this week um cool and because i need yours to do mine so okay so my my continue the franchise is i was like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So American State Object Event. And I was like, what if I did one of these for every single state in America? Um, excluding Texas, because we've it's already got one. Um so Richard, I don't know if I'm going if I have plots for any of these. We could talk about them if you want to discuss Do them. Do you have forty nine of them? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Is this gonna be the pod vid this week with like a mock up poster for each of them? No God, who's gonna make them? Let us know in the comments if you want to do this. <laughs> um, yeah, feel free to make these posters. We'll share them on our Instagram if you if you want to make posters for any of these. Uh, so I've got I had some help from my friends um, uh, Stephen, Kate, Rory, and Lucas. So shout out to those guys who we sat in in, in a lounge last night at like ten to midnight, and I was just like, "All right, what about this state? What about this state?" So I had I had some help, and I've got some notes for some of them, but not all of them. So here we go. In alphabetical order of the states. This is going to take a long time, isn't it? 
Uh, I can just write. I barely have anything to say about most of them. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's just a funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just no, sounds no, no, go funny. Ahead, go ahead. You know, yeah. the Alabama sledgehammer slaughter, <laughs> the Alaska cordless drill kneecapping, the Arizona baseball bat bludgeoning, <laughs> the Arkansas curb stomping, the California beanbag smothering, the Colorado shoelace strangling. The Connecticut duct tape asphyxiation. I quite like that one. It's quite, <laughs> quite fun. It rolls off the tongue. Uh, the Delaware axolotl revolution. <laughs> the Florida missile scare. The, the Georgia airborne skin disease. The Hawaii teacup clobbering. The Idaho district yard sale. <laughs> the Illinois furry invasion. Uh, the Indiana two-minute short film festival. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the Iowa black ice crisis. <laughs> nice. The Kansas condom shortage. The Kentucky self-image problem. The Louisiana free climbing accident. The Maine asbestos fest. Uh, the Maryland smallpox resurgence. Uh, the the Massachusetts annual regicide. <laughs> we like we knew we wanted to do one that was regicide, but we're like, all right, this, the Massachusetts something regicide. And then I was trying, I was like, the Massachusetts like, uh, you know, sword regicide. It doesn't really make sense. And then so I was like, annual. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, every year they do this. Um, uh, the where are we up to? The Michigan gangbang. The Minnesota motorboating crash. Now, that is not a motorboat that crashed. That is the motorboating industry. Too many people were buying motorboats and the industry crashed. Nice. Just to be clear. Um, The Mississippi suspicious sycophant. The Missouri doghouse legislation. The Nebraska club penguin data leak. (laughs) So everyone from Nebraska who had a club penguin account got their data leaked. Uh, the Nevada Hubcap Challenge, some kind of fun thing that the kids are doing. The New Hampshire Chokehold Ban. The New Jersey Rapture Rehearsal. The New Mexico Bumper Sticker Boom. The New York Vaccine Riot. The North Carolina Dental Hygiene Blog. The North Dakota Bitcoin Think Tank. The Ohio Marmalade Flood. The Oklahoma Email Follow-Up. The Oregon Public Service Announcement, the Pennsylvania Pineapple Apology, the Rhode Island Traffic Jam, the South Carolina Holocaust Denial, <laughs> uh, the the South Dakota Papercut Foundation, the Tennessee Gonorrhea Outbreak, uh, the Utah Summer Solstice Ritual, the Vermont Sock Puppet Heist, uh, the Virginia Wolf Novel, <laughs> but to be clear... It's a novel about wolves, <laughs> and it was written in Virginia. <laughs> yeah. The Washington Ethnic Cleansing, the West Virginia Wolf novel, which is the sequel to the Virginia Wolf novel, <laughs> uh, the Wisconsin Blood Clot Analysis, and the Wyoming Anal Fisher Fad. Whew. Okay. Um, so, what's your favorite of those? What's your favorite one that would be a horror movie? Uh, what was the... The I really like the the Idaho District Yard Sale, but now the Connecticut duct tape asphyxiation. I yeah, think okay, is the, the Connecticut one. duct tape asphyxiation. Um, okay, 
So this is my film. Uh, I came up with this after watching uh, like the the 2003, 2006 films. And mm-hmm. then it's kind of elements of it are done in the following two films. So, um, you know, this this was inspired before that. But um, uh, we see a teenager uh, sitting in front of a TV watching the Connecticut <laughs> duct tape asphyxiation. Mm-hmm. Um which is about a group of cannibals, uh, much like in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, basically, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, group of cannibals, and then he he has a moment where he like thinks to himself, and he's he's silent for a moment, and then he gets up and goes, "Dad," he goes and speaks to his dad. He goes, "Hey, Dad, I just watched the the Connecticut duct tape asphyxiation." Are we bad people? And then his dad turns around and it's Leatherface. Mm. Um, and so the main character has just turned 18 and is supposed to take on the family business of being a cannibal and chains- chainsaw massacring people. Um, but he's, you know, a millennial and he's he cares <laughs> about the environment. He, he's vegan. He doesn't want to carry on. So he's sent out to lure some sexy teens back to the house. Um, so... After like getting them back to the house, he realizes how gross it is to eat humans, and he tries mm. to help them escape. So it's a cross between like I'm thinking the tone is obviously very meta and silly. I'm thinking kind of like um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That like sure. you know the the main character is creating all these um, scenarios where it can look like they've killed the teenagers but he's actually helping them escape nice that's a good idea so it's a meta sequel the texas chainsaw reformation <laughs> the texas chainsaw redemption yeah yeah um right well that's all we bloody have time for kill which actually we have as much time as we want on this podcast uh because uh we work on we, our own time yeah and uh this podcast now shares the distinction with a few other episodes uh as being longer than any of the films we're talking about (laughs) um so next week we're going to be talking about a franchise which was suggested by next not next week next fortnight fuck um uh suggested by our patreon uh a horror franchise we we put put some horror franchises to be voted on um because it's scary time because it's scary time it's the scary month spooky season uh and we are going to be covering Da-da. Oh no. Da da. Oh, I wish I wasn't swimming naked in this ocean. Ah, it's me. I'm Jaws. <laughs> the four Jaws films, um, which is about as fringe horror as the the genre allows. As far as we put up horror franchises, I feel like Jaws is like just just in. I guess it is, but it's not like you know the other ones are more Halloweeny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, you don't, you don't I, see people dressing up as as, as sexy sharks. I Halloween. can finally cross Jaws off my list. Whenever people like my go-to film that I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen is Jaws. Mm. So I'll be glad to finally get rid of that. And I haven't then, seen it as an adult, and, and then I've I can never cross that off. Seen the sequels, and then go to uh, number two, which is Godfather Part Two. Mm, same, and then third is Beetlejuice. Fourth is Labyrinth. Actually, probably Labyrinth and Beetlejuice swap those two. Man, I didn't know that. I haven't seen any of the, them either. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, but but I didn't know you had a list. I wish I'd prepared something. Uh, well, those are just like the my, the ones I think about. I've never seen like Usual Suspects. Have you not seen Usual Suspects? No, I've never seen um, L.A. Confidential. I've seen half of it. I've got. I've never seen. Um, what else have I never seen? I've never seen. Let us know what C- movie Citizen you've Kane. never seen. Citizen Kane's great. Yeah, I've never seen. Uh, let us know what you want to see us watch. I guess it'll be relevant to what yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, this is a Halloween. This is the beginning yeah, of, our, of our spooky yeah, season. Halloween season. Occult pleasure. pleasure. What? Are you... <laughs> um, and if you like this, please find us on Facebook. I'm just gonna. He's by the way, Richard's still copying me, but I've just muted his audio in the edit for this, so you can't hear him. In fact, I'm going to mute your whole audio. Well, whole now episode. I don't have to do it, because they're just going to think that you've muted me. No, the whole, you're muted. I'm not even going to put your track in. It's just going to be a track of me being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so um, check out us, uh, Cole Popcher, on Facebook and YouTube. Um, I have made a cult popshire podcast youtube channel now um which i'm slowly uploading our back catalog to and we'll probably end up removing the episodes from the main channel um so you can subscribe to they're not all up yet but you can subscribe to that now i'll leave a link to that in the show notes um if you want to have a, a youtube version of the show which i don't know how many people listen on youtube but it's there for for those reasons um and thank you very much for listening we're also on twitter and instagram and you can email us at colpoptionmedia at gmail.com um richard it's been a pleasure always a pleasure um and uh if you're listening to this don't get massacred by a chainsaw or do live your life yeah don't don't let me tell you what to do 